Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. You know, I just want to talk to you from um, James, the book of James, and uh, I want to I give you the scripture, James 5 and verse 8. I'm going to read to you out of the Good News Translation today, so if you had that, follow along. If not, just kind of watch and and read the words on the screen with me. But James 5 and 8 is very clear. And it says, you must also be patient. Keep your hopes high. For the day of the Lord's coming is near. Keep your hopes high. Now, if you were in the church today with me in this building, I would tell you to touch your neighbor and say, my hope is on high alert. Because that's what I'm going to talk about today. My hope is on high alert. Now, uh, we are in the, we are walking into the eighth month of this global pandemic that we have all been dealing with. And it almost feels that every which way you turn, no matter if you're turning to the right or turning to the left, uh, people are searching for, they are looking for some uh, good news and they are looking for hope. As a matter of fact, I was fooling around with with, uh, the word hope and uh, in December, I was seeing in December about how many searches uh, came up for uh, the phrase good news. You know, the gospel is the good news, but I was just thinking how many, how many people have Googled the term or searched out the term good news. And uh, as I began to read that article, I read that it was in December of, of 2019, there was about 78,000 searches per month for the phrase good news. And one of the articles that I read said that the real numbers right now were nearing uh, more uh, uh, closer to about 500,000 per month. So in December, before the pandemic hit uh, hit us, uh, there was about 78,000. Now today there is about 500,000 that are searching for hope. So obviously there are a lot of people that are pretty stressed out today. And if you are one of them, I have some good news for you. And I just believe that you did not just log into the Potter's House North or jump on our social media sites by accident. I believe that God wants you to know today that he has good news for you. And I wanna begin by reminding you that the book, the entire book of James was really written for people whose world had been turned upside down, for whose lives had been turned upside down, not so much by a pandemic, but their lives had been turned up by, upside down by persecution. And uh, either way that you choose to look at that, James writes to all of us to encourage each of us on how to persevere through tough times by using the principles that are in the word of God. If James were alive today, he would be the kind of person that was very sympathetic toward us. He would be the kind of person that was would be compassionate about all that we are feeling right now and all that we are facing right now because James cared 
about people's pain. I said James was a man that cared about people's pain. He also knew how essential that hope was in, in our journey, and when we were, especially when we face hard times. And you know, human beings, being a human being, uh, we are built to handle a lot. We can take a lot, we can endure a lot, we can go through a lot, we can actually face a lot more than we even realize uh, how much we can face. We can, we can endure uh, huge amounts of frustration and aggravation and disappointment and inconveniences and even pain. Uh, and, and what makes us able to endure those things is when we feel like there is hope that is in sight. Hope is often the difference between success and failure. Hope is the difference between winning and losing. Hope is often the difference between rising and falling. Hope is what it takes for us to get back up again. If I can perceive hope, if I can feel the slightest bit of hope, you know, uh, you can have a child who is failing in a grade and you can have one teacher who might look at that child and just totally uh, uh, give up on that child. But then you'll have another teacher who will get in their ear and say, listen, you got this. You know what it takes to get through this. And, and you're smart. You're a genius. You can handle this. And often a child could win or lose by the words of a, a teacher, a parent, uh, some kind of a leader in their life that just reminds them that they were, they, they, have, the, uh, they have the ability to win and hold Hope is what gives us the ability to get back up again. But when our hope wears out, then give up is what sets in on us. And, and that is why James takes this whole book and he reminds us, especially in chapter 5 and verse 8, he reminds us that we've got to keep our hopes high. He said you must also be patient. If you want to understand what he means by, by also, you just need to back up and read a few other, of, of the verses that come before that. But he's telling them, you have got to keep your hopes high. We cannot depend on anybody else to be responsible for our hope. I can't depend on you. It's nice when you encourage my hope, but I've got to have something in God that recognizes and acknowledges it's nobody else's responsibility to make me happy and hopeful. It is God who makes me hopeful. He says, keep your hopes high for the day of the Lord's coming is near. So what he's saying to us, he's saying to us, church, do not give up hope. Do not give up hope. And I want to ask somebody today, how good are you doing at keeping your hopes high? Yes, how good are you doing in this pandemic at keeping your hopes high? Somebody is listening, me, listening to me today and somebody is saying, well, I feel like that balloon that, is, that was full of helium and, and little by little it's begun to leak out and I find myself going down further and further. Somebody feels like the tire that has a leak in it, has a nail in it, and it seems like as you go try to go forward, 
that tire begin the air begins to leave the tire and there you are stuck on the side of the road some of you came into 2020 and you were filled to the brim with hope we shouted we rejoiced we had the revival and 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 it just seemed like you had a clear vision of what 2020 was going to be for you somebody asked me the other day uh uh, what 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 is what has uh, surprised you about 2020? I said everything has surprised me about 2020 because it looks absolutely like nothing that I was prepared for it to look like. And here we are, all of us, eight months later, and we feel like uh, everything. We were excited coming in, but we feel like everything. I mean, everything in our life and also in our future has been put on hold. Hope is essential in times like these. Hope is essential to our survival. And the more that we learn about hope, the more we begin to realize how essential that hope is. Not only is it essential for us to survive in our lives, but, but it is also essential for us to survive and, and to have uh, what we would call uh, to be spiritually healthy. You need hope in order to be spiritually healthy. You need, uh, you need hope in order to be mentally healthy. You need hope in order to be emotionally healthy. And, and you need hope in order to be physically healthy. Living hopeless is a significant way to shorten the days of your life. I said living hopeless is, an, is a very significant way to shorten the very days of your life. So James is telling us you have got to keep your hopes high. Why is he telling us that? He is telling us that because hope gives us something to hold on to when the current of life threatens to pull us downstream, when it threatens to pull us in and cover us and overwhelm us. Hope is what gives us some, hope is what we hold on to in times like these. Not only uh, does hope keep you holding on, hope is what enables you to move forward. If you have been able to pick up one foot and put it in front of another, then you know what hope is all about. Somebody says, though, Pastor Brady, um, what does hope actually look like uh, for us today when it feels like every month things are getting worse and worse and worse and people talk about it on the news that we are in for some dark Time. So what really, what does hope look like for us? Well, James tells us that hope is not based on what we look at. Hope is based on knowledge. Let me say that again. Our hope, if you compare your hope to what we see on the TV screen, then our hope is, is no good. But our hope is not based in that. Our hope is not based on who's in the White House. Our hope is not based on who you have in your house our hope is based in knowledge and it is what you know it is what you know that 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 gives us a reason 
To look at everything that looks all wrong and still in the middle of it, be able to say, my hope is in Christ and Christ alone. And James actually gives us in his book, he gives us six reasons, probably gives us a whole lot more. But today I want to just talk about six reasons as to why we can have hope. In the time of trouble. Now, if you haven't read the book of James, you really need to read it. It's not that long of a book, and I believe it is written for times like we are living in today. The book of James. He gives us at least six promising truths out of the word of God. That if we will remember these truths, and if we will stand on these truths, and if we will cling to these truths, and if we will trust in these truths, that we will have all the hope that we are going to to need to ride out not just the pandemic, but every other issue that is raging in our society, in our culture, in our life, and in our house today. Faith in God and faith in his word, that's, that's so vital. Faith, having your, putting your faith in God and putting your faith in God's word can keep us hopeful uh, when times are turbulent. So today I want to I look at that. I want you to write these down because I want you to be able to go back through this this week. And I want you to be able to take what I'm giving you today like a prescription. Like I'm a doctor and I'm writing out a prescription for you. And I want you to be able to take that this week. So let's look at this so that we can be reminded because life will tell you all the reasons why, why you shouldn't have hope. But today, 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 somebody's going to hear me today and say, no matter what life is saying to me, no matter what it looks like, I've lost people I love. I've lost a job. I've lost family. I've lost friends. But I hope in the word of God. We have a reason to hope today. So write this down. The first reason that we hope today is because we know that every problem, here you go, number one, every problem has an expiration date. Every problem in your life, every season in your life has an expiration date. In other words, tough times will not last forever. Look at me today, church. I said tough times will not last forever. I'm going to say it one more time because somebody needs to hear me today. I said tough times will not last forever. When you're in the middle of them, you think that they're going to last forever. And I know that it's starting to feel like this pandemic and all of these issues that we're facing today are going to last forever. But this too shall pass. If there was a day to go into trouble, then there will also be a day to come out of trouble. What am I saying to you? I'm telling you that your trouble has a time frame on it. I said your trouble has a time frame on it and your trouble is not permanent. Your trouble is only temporary. But in the middle of it, you got to remind yourself every day. You have to speak life into your atmosphere every day. And you have to remind that yourself that the word tells you. And this too has come to pass. It didn't come to stay, but it came to pass. And in the meantime, 
said, in the meantime, I'm going to cover every inch of my house, every person I love. I'm going to cover my family. I'm going to cover my neighborhood. I'm going to cover everything about me. I'm going to cover it with the blood while I am in the middle of some tough times because no problem comes to stay. It only comes to pass through your life. Even if it is chronic, you need to remind yourself and remind your problem that I'm not taking you into eternity with me. You can't go with me into eternity. You can't even go with me into real worship because when I go into worship, I can't, I can't worship and, 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 and feel like I, I, I'm, I'm being destroyed by trouble at the same time. Absolutely not. Real worship is a place of escape. And if you feel like you can't get away from trouble, find a way to tap into real worship. Tell your problem, you can't go with me. Why, Pastor Brady, is this important? It's important because when we understand that our problems cannot last forever, then those same problems, they become manageable. They might feel unmanageable when you think they're going to last forever. But when you realize that they're not going to last forever, then you have the grace to manage your way through them. Why? Because I see grace we uh, sometimes say, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. I see grace in the middle of the tunnel and I see grace at the end of the tunnel. And people can handle a whole lot more if they realize two things. If they realize that there is an end to what they're carrying or what they're battling or what they're fighting and if they realize that there's a purpose to it. So when we learn how to assign the pain when we learn how to assign a purpose to the pain that we are feeling then we have the ability to move forward and not be knocked backward by the pain if you are in pain today your pain needs to be assigned a purpose. I, I, that, that's kind of how Kay's Way, our grief and loss uh, uh, support group, began. Uh, it, I, I was in so much pain from losing her. She, she's my sister. And when I lost her, I went into a deep level of pain. But I'm going to tell you something. Every time I see the word Kay's Way or I hear a testimony that comes from, from people that have come through our, loss, our grief and loss class and they have the vision. Victory. Uh, it, when I hear that and when I see uh, the, the people on there that are part of, of the class, it's some, something every time when I see it, I just tell my pain, that's your purpose. That's your purpose. You're not, the pain is not going to destroy me. The pain is not going to kill me. The pain is not going to make me just fold my hands and not do anything. No, pain, that is your purpose. That is somebody today that's watching me needs to take your pain and assign a purpose to it and tell the devil, I refuse to be controlled by this because there is a purpose to this pain. Now in James 5 and 10, he tells us this. He says, take the old prophets as your mentor. This is in the Message Bible. He says they, they put up with anything and they went through everything and never once did they quit. All the time they were honoring God. Do you hear that? 
you're looking for a mentor well here you go take the old prophets as your mentors they put up with anything they had to go through everything that you could even imagine but guess what not one time did they quit not one time did they cave into it but they kept on coming through it all the while they were honoring God how could they do that? I'll tell you, because they knew that difficult days don't last forever. They knew that problems were not permanent. They knew that they were temporary. They knew that they were momentary. And I came in the middle of this pandemic to tell somebody who feels like it is about to overtake you and there is not an end in sight. I came to remind you today that your problem has an expiration date. You got to look beyond the problem. That's what the old prophets did. They would look beyond the problem, not at the problem. You've got to look beyond where you are, Abraham. Look out from where you are. Don't look at where you are. Look out. It was for the joy that was set before him that Jesus endured the cross. He could endure the cross because there was a joy that was set before him and that's what we have to do we have to look beyond the pandemic we have to look beyond the problem and not at the pandemic we have to continue to look beyond it and know that there will be joy after this second corinthians 4 and 18 tells us that we should fix our attention not on the things that are seen but on the things that are unseen because what can be seen is temporary and it will only last for a short time but what cannot be seen will last forever he is saying everything that you can see is material if you look around here today the the podium I'm preaching from is material my microphone is material my clothes are material and anything that is material will t decay it will rust it will fall apart and eventually it will die it is the things that are immaterial that you cannot see that will last forever you can't see God but guess what God will last forever you can't see your soul but your soul will last forever that's why we shouldn't take so much time casting our hope into things material things or 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 jobs or money we can't put our hope in all of those things because all of that can change but if you want to hold on to your hope you have to make sure that you have put your hope in the hands of a God that cannot change you have and, and the way we do that here's what we have to change we have to change our perspective we have to change our outlook we have to change our angle we have to change our vision and guess what else we have to do we have to change our attitude we have to change that attitude and stop looking at what's material stop looking at what's here and now stop looking at what is only going to be temporary and start looking at that which 
is eternal. Start looking at that which is God and looking at his word. And if we will change our perspective, it will change everything about our life. So I said all of that to say that your trouble that you're looking at today, the trouble that you're looking at today has an expiration date. If you had a day to go into trouble, rest assured, God's got a day on the calendar that's going to bring you out of it. Now, the second reason that we can have hope when times are difficult is because we know, here's number two, every problem will eventually work for us and not against us. Every problem will eventually work for us and not against us. Now, most Christians know that because of Romans 8 and 28. Romans 8 and 28 says, and all things work together for the good to them that, that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. But uh, what I love about James is James takes that a little bit further and he gives us a little more additional information. Uh, and the good thing that God is going to bring out of the bad times that we are facing, he plainly tells us what it is. He's, he says very plainly that God is going to use this pandemic, this problem, whatever it is that we're going through. He's going to use it to grow and to mature our character. Now, the, the, this is the second reason that we can be hopeful today. James said in uh, chapter 1 and verse 2, he said, my, my brothers and my sisters, when you have many kinds of troubles, you should, and you should be full of joy because you know that those troubles test your faith and this will give you patience. Let me read this again. My brothers and sisters, when you have many kinds of troubles, really what you should be is full of joy because you know that those troubles have come to test your faith and they will give you patience. So let it grow uh, for when, you, when your endurance is fully developed, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in your character. He said, when your endurance is fully, you know, you don't have endurance um, just because of, of, of going up against something one time. You got to really go up against it. You got to push back. You got to fight back. And that's how you build endurance. And when your endurance is fully developed, he says to us, you will be strong in your character and you will be ready for anything. If there's anything that's good about 2020, if there's anything that's good about this pandemic, it is that when we come out of it, God will have developed us and he will have made us strong and he will actually have prepared us for anything and everything. Now, you might say, well, I don't feel real strong right now, Pastor Brady. As a matter of fact, you might feel tired. I get that. You might feel drained. You might feel depleted. You might feel exhausted and empty. But when we get on the other side of this, you are going to be able, I'm prophesying to somebody, you are going to be able 
to look back and you're going to be able to see how this has changed you, how this has helped you grow, how this has helped you develop some spiritual muscles that you did not have going into it, but you will have as you come out of it. It is like you can't always tell when you're in the middle of it, but when you come out of it, I'm telling you, somebody is going to look back and say, God, it wasn't nobody but you. You strengthened me. You brought me through that. You gave me a, the, the ability to keep hoping in you. You can't necessarily feel it when you are in the middle of it. But when you come out, I believe that you will have made exponential progress in your life. Second Corinthians 4 and 17 says like this, for our light affliction which is but for a moment and in the grand scheme of things in God's eternity this pandemic has only lasted a moment but he says for our light afflictions which are just for a moment they work for us they work for us do y'all hear that they work for us they they work for us I know it feels like they're working against us but you have to know that when it is all said and done it will work for us and what is it going to work for us a more exceeding eternal weight of glory I know it feels like that there's a big weight on you right now but before it is all said and done it will work for us an, a, a weight of glory that exceeds every pain that exceeds every tear that exceeds every fear that exceeds every anxiety there it will work for us so we have hope because God is using the tough times that we are living in to help work for us and not against us that's two here's the third the third reason we choose to have hope is because we know that anger is not the answer okay so if you have to have anger or you have to have hope you need to go ahead and choose hope because anger is not the it's not the answer being angry will not move the dial forward in your life in this season that we are living in. If it did, hello, we should be leap years ahead because there's a lot of angry people that are in our world today. You know, the kids used to play that, those game, the game Angry Birds. Well, I'm gonna tell you something, we got some angry people right now and anger only makes this situation worse. It only makes it more unbearable. It only makes it more intolerable. People are mad. They are mad today, mad at the government. They are mad at the scientists. They're mad at experts. They're, they're mad at the authorities. They're mad uh, uh, at their next door neighbor. They're mad at other people, mad because they, they can't go to work, mad because their kids can't seem to go to school, mad. They are mad. They're mad because they're having to wear masks. Other people are mad because they're having to wear it, but you 
won't wear your mask. So everybody, there's all kinds of madness and anger that is happening everywhere. But none of that will fix the problem. That's why James said in 119 he, uh, through 20, he says, also be slow to become angry. Hello, I'm talking to church people. Be slow to become angry because human anger will never achieve God's righteous purpose. He said, be slow to anger because human anger will never achieve the righteous purpose of God. So hope makes handling anger a possibility. The more the pandemic, uh, the, uh, the, the more that we are facing these days in, in, in the pandemic and they seem to get worse and worse and worse. Let me tell you something. People find themselves lashing out at those who are the closest to them. People will lash out to those who are in their own house. People are lashing out on, on, on husbands and on wives. But that's why James tells us here in five and nine, and you need to write this down. He said, don't complain or don't grumble against each other or you will be judged by God who is standing right at your door. God is saying to us right here, hey, hello, I'm right here. I hear everything you're saying. I see everything that you're doing. See, this pandemic, please remember this. This is not your children's fault. Don't take your anger out on them. This is not your husband's fault. Don't take your anger out on him. It's not your wife's fault. Kids, it's not your parents' fault that we are in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, stop allowing your frustrations to spill over onto them and trying to become uh, 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 aware that everybody is irritated right now. And, and it does us no good to become angry at those who are the closest to us. As a matter of fact, what happens is when we become angry, it depletes the hope of those who are around us. And people, some people are holding on barely to what a little thread of hope. And our attitude can have the ability to cause them to let go of whatever little bit of hope that they have. So let's be careful in the middle of this pandemic on on how we treat one another. So instead of becoming angry and irritable and losing control, let's remain hopeful, let's remain helpful, and let's remain in control. The fourth reason that we choose to hold on to hope, and what I'm telling you today is not my opinion. I'm giving you the word of God. I'm giving it to you out of the book of James. So the fourth reason that we choose to hold on to hope is this. Trusting God brings him pleasure. Trusting God brings him pleasure. When we put our hope in him, in spite of what we are looking at, when we put our hope in him in spite of our situations and in spite of our circumstances and, and even put our hope in him when we don't have a clear picture about what tomorrow is going to hold or how everything is going to come to an end. You know what that does? When you say, God, I don't see how this is going to work out and I don't see 
how the end could be in sight. And, and, I, and I, don't, I don't know how it's going to all close down here. But God, I will tell you, I trust in you no matter what. Let me tell you something. You know what that Gus does to God? That makes God smile. That makes God happy. Because you know the greatest compliment that your kids can give you is to say, okay, mom, I trust you. I don't understand. And I, and, and I, I really quite don't quite see it like you do. But I do know that you have my best interest at heart. And I do know that you will do, you'll move heaven and earth to make the right thing happen in my life. So I trust you. God is the same way. When you say, God, it looks worse. They're saying it's going to get worse. But you know what? I trust that you are God, that you're still on the throne, that you still rule, that you still speak, and that you still move mountains, Lord. I trust you. I've anchored in you while some trust in horses and some in chariots. I remember what your name has been to me. You've been a, a strong tower. You've been a mighty God. You've been my rock. You've been my bulwark, never failing. You've been the strength of my life. You are the source of my life. I trust in you. Can I tell you what that is? That is faith, my sister. That is faith, my brother. And that's what we got to have. We got to have faith. We sing about it. We shout about it. We've come to church and prayed for it. And, and, and we've uttered prayers about it. But I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, it takes a moment like this that we are living in to put your faith out there and say, for God, I will live. And for God, I will tie. So James, he gives us a very classic example of trusting God without knowing all of the details. And who does he use? He uses Abraham. See, God would often ask Abraham to trust him without first answering Abraham's questions. You know, it's one thing for me to trust you when I put my questions out and you've answered them. But God had a way. He, he, would, he would tell Abram, he said, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And he would, and, and Abram, Abraham many times didn't know when, he didn't know where, he didn't know how, he didn't know why. He didn't know uh, what God was doing in his life. But he believed that God was a good God. And he believed that God loved him. And so therefore he trusted him. Do you believe that God is a good God? Do you believe that? You, do you know that he loves you? And, and, and if you do, then those things should cause us to trust in him. James says in 2 and 23, he says, Abraham believed God. And because of his faith, God accepted him as righteous. And so Abraham was called God's friend. Would you like to be called a friend of God? Would you like to be known as God's friend? Well, the way that you become the friend of God is by trusting in that God. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of an election year, in the middle of racial injustice, in the middle of unanswered questions, in the middle of pain and loss, and in the middle where, of a year where it feels like 
God, my whole world has turned upside down. I've lost multiple family members. I've lost jobs. I've lost income. I've lost so much. But I choose to trust you. When you can do that, that's how you become a friend of God. Too bad somebody didn't tell us that before the pandemic when we were singing, I am a friend of God. Because you can't be a friend of God just so flippantly. You have to look. Abraham made one sacrifice after another. He had to step out by faith. He had to stand on God's word. All of those things. When he had to lay on the altar something that was very much attached to his heart. He did it anyway, and that caused God to say, man, you're my friend. Abraham was a friend. When it comes to God, friendship is costly. Abraham knew because he paid the price. The fifth reason that we choose to remain hopeful is because we know. Here, we're back to the know again. We're back to the knowledge. We know that as God's children, this is not the end of our story. This is not the end of our story. We are still in the middle of our story. If you are living and moving and breathing, you are still in the middle of your story. And we know that sometimes things get messy in the middle. The middle of the Oreo can get pretty messy. Things get messy in the middle. The middle can be confusing. The middle can be perplexing. The middle can become unclear. The middle can be uncertain. And right now in this pandemic, many, are, many people are feeling that uncertainty. You can't anchor into what you used to anchor into. Jobs are uncertain. Finances are uncertain. Even friends are uncertain. Church is uncertain. Financial markets are uncertain. The future feels at moments like it is completely uncertain. The big questions right now are, when will things ever get back to normal? Normal. We want normal. When will COVID-19 no longer be a threat to us? Well, what if the answer to those questions were never? We'll never have the same normal. We might be dealing with the threat for a while. Things might never go back to normal. We may never see things again as they were. Can you handle that? Can, I said, can you handle that? What would you do if our world never went back to what we have perceived as normal? You know what you would do? What I would do and what I hope all of us would do is that we would just put our hope in God. See, when we put our hope in stuff and we wouldn't put our hope in familiarity and we put our hope in things that are material every now and then God will come along 
And he'll say, no, let me just, let me shift. We've been talking about a shift. Let me, woo, this was a seismic shift. But God is saying, I want to just show you. Maybe you put your hope in the wrong thing. We can't put our hope in ourselves. We can't put our hope in our resources. We can't put our hope in our job. We can't put our hope in politics. We can't put our hope in the government. We can't put our hope in the media. We can't put our hope in our friends. Our hope, our hope has got to be in God because only God knows the end of our story. Only he knows the end of our story. We don't know what the future holds, but it is so good to say, I do know who holds the future. I don't know what it holds, but I do know who holds it. And it is my God, my father, my daddy, my Abba, the one who loves me from everlasting to everlasting in spite of every mistake I've ever made. He holds my future. James reminds us about how everything fell apart in Job's life. But at the end of it, God came through for Job. You better hear me today. At the end of it all, Job had more when he came out of the storm than he had when he went into it. Double. He got double for his trouble. James reminds us of that in James 5 and 11 in the Message Bible. He says, what a gift life is to those who stay the course. <laughs> you may feel like quitting today, but God puts you right here, right now. And if I could reach through your computer screen and grab hold of you, I'd look you right in your brown eyes, your hazel eyes, your blue eyes, I would look right at you, your green eyes, and I would say, stay the course because this too shall pass. Some mother is hearing me today. You're saying, I can't take this child another day. Stay the course, mom. It's okay. Stay the course. Some kid is listening to me today and you say, I want to quit. I'm telling you, stay the course. God brought you into this world because he has a plan for your life. Do you hear me? He has a future for your life. Everybody faces bad times. How did Pastor Cheryl Brady get to where she could preach to people in the middle of a pandemic in 2020? I'll tell you how I got here because I kept getting back up. I kept telling myself, come on, God is giving you life. Somebody would love to be breathing today. They would love to be breathing on their own like you are. Don't take that for granted. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say, get it together, girl. God has a plan. I cannot play with the devil over my destiny. I won't think that way. I I refuse to think those thoughts. I refuse to go there because devil, that's exactly what you would want me to do. But somebody in the years to come is gonna need me, gonna need a Cheryl Brady, gonna need you to stand up and say, God has got too much in front of you for you to get stuck in today. This will change. Live on, live on, endure it, 
Cry if you got to cry. Groan if you got to groan. But let me tell you what's happening. You're giving birth to the next you. That's what you're doing. When you give birth, sometimes you cry. Sometimes you groan. Sometimes you lose hope. But you have to know that you're carrying something inside of you that has got to come out. Live through it. Pray through it. Rejoice through it. And hold on to God. Because this, like Job, it's not the end of your story. Stay the course. You've heard of Job's staying power. And you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. God didn't bring it all together in the middle. He didn't even bring it all together three-fourths of the way through. But it was at the end. Now, if Job would have quit and he would have decided not to stay the course, he would have never known that God had the power to give him double for his trouble. Whatever you're carrying today, there's going to be a fight over it. The enemy's going to fight you over it. And the harder the fight, the greater the destiny. Oh, somebody's listening to me today. The harder the fight, you got to know the greater the destiny. God cared about every detail in Job's life. He cares about every detail in yours. And if we can trust him with all of the details of our life, then we can look forward to the end of our story too. No matter how messy the middle may be. No matter how much. I don't know if anybody's hearing me. No matter how much you have messed up in the beginning, if you can just stay the course, trust God, build your hopes in Him, you can look forward to the end of your story too. Here's my last one and I'll close with this. The sixth reason that we should remain hopeful is because we know there's that word no. That's the knowledge. You got to have the knowledge. The reason that we can remain hopeful is because we will be rewarded. We will be. Do you realize there's a reward out for your faith and there's a reward out for your hope? There is. And if you are on the verge of feeling hopeless today, I want to remind you that there is a reward that's got your name on it. Over and over and over again, God clearly promises us that he will reward our faith. He will reward our hope. And if we will trust him in days that are difficult, he promises to reward us for extending our trust to him. James tells us at the very beginning, at the, at the, here I am at the end of my message, and I'm going back to the very beginning of James' book and in the first chapter, verse 12. He tells us, Happy are those who remain faithful under trials because when they succeed in passing such a test, they will receive as their reward the life which God has promised to those who love him. 
So the rewards that God has promised us are not material. And they also are not temporary. But they are the things that are eternal. They are eternal, which simply means they will be yours to enjoy forever and forever and forever. Our minds can't even begin to comprehend that. No matter how many times I say it, you will not be able to comprehend. You won't be able to really even imagine what God has for you. But let me close by giving you just a couple of scriptures that, you, that they might just give you a hint as to what God has for you. 1 Corinthians 9 and 25 says, every athlete in training submits to strict discipline in order to win a prize that will not last. But we do it for one that will last forever. You see all of these athletes that are training and going for the prize. Guess what? That prize, that trophy will dissolve someday and it will be nothing because it's material. But the prize that we're fighting for is going to last forever. First Peter 16 says, so be glad. There is wonderful joy that is ahead. Even though right now, You've had to endure suffering, trials, and grief for a little while. What I'm saying to somebody today is don't give up. Just look up. Not look at, but look up. Because suffering will not last forever. What we are suffering right now is nothing to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us later. No comparison. Romans 8 and 18 says, there is no comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. Oh, do y'all hear that? There is no comparison. I'm reading this out of the, out of the message Bible. There is no comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. How can, we, how can we really say that, Pastor? Because our hope is not in us. Our hope is not in our president, whoever that may be, come November 2nd or 3rd or 4th or 5th or whatever. Our hope is not in the White House. Our hope is not in our job. Our hope is not in our money. Our hope is not in people. Our hope, it's in God who will last forever. And because we placed our hope in him, he will be faithful. What are you putting your hope in today? Has this pandemic shook you to make you pause and think that maybe your hope has been in something that was temporary? Are you putting your hope in a human leader? A human leader thinking, oh, if we can get the, just this one right here, if we can get that, then he's going to solve every problem. That ain't going to happen. Maybe you're putting your hope in a man. Oh, he's going he's to make it happen for me. No, it is not going to happen. Maybe you're putting your hope in some kind of an idea. Oh, this is the idea. 
when this comes to pass, it will change my entire circumstance and I will be instantly happy and completely happy in my life. It is not going to happen. Your hope is only as good as what you put it in. Let me say that again. Your hope is only as good as what you put it in. And too many people are putting their hope in wrong things. The only one who deserves your total hope is Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org watch now or through our Potter's House North app.